Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Amanda Doherty Press Podcast. Just a quick heads up, this episode is a continuation of part one of our copywriting podcast. Go ahead and listen to last week's episode to get caught up on the basics before we go into a little more in-depth stuff about copywriting. This episode ended up being so long that we had to cut it into two uh, to respect you guys' time and make sure that we didn't go over an hour. You're listening to the Amanda Doherty Press Podcast, a show designed to help small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs like you feel more equipped to handle your marketing strategy. The question that I've gotten often, um, because I've been a copywriter for so many years and because I've written as um, a virtual assistant in the past as well, what is the value of a copywriter? Because I think that there's a, a very writing in itself is a skill and is something that has to take an enormous amount of practice. So you can learn the principles, but until you have years of practice under your belt and you're consistently writing articles for a variety of industries, it is incredibly difficult to become effective with copywriting. And so for that reason, um, a question I've gotten from a number of business owners is, should I hire a VA at, you know, a virtual assistant at $20 an hour to write my sales copy for me? To which I will say, Absolutely not. And the reason why is because what you're going to be doing is paying someone who is highly inexperienced, um, who has every intention in mind. But as I mentioned earlier, the act of copywriting itself is incredibly meticulous and intentional. Every single sentence is placed in a very specific location to make sure that uh, clients are more inclined to um, jump in and to convert. they're also based on UX design, so knowing how the human eye travels across a web page, and we're intentionally placing things to find um, the easiest points of conversion. And there are very specific sections of your sales copy that you need to make sure are always present. And so a virtual assistant or someone who can write, I'm not implying that they can't write, but I know me five years ago starting off as a creative writer jumping into the world of copywriting was incredibly ill-equipped to write converting sales copy. And so sales copy is an entirely different subject. And what I would say is if you're wanting to hire a VA, um, a blog might be a good spot to start. I would not put them in any kind of responsibility over sales copy because that is a highly specified and niche industry. What do you mean by sales copy? Sales copy. So if I were to write a blog, Right. I could either be writing a story that happened in our business or I could be sharing something about, you know, three ways to improve your blah, 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 blah this week. Right. Versus sales copy. If you have a very specific thing you're trying to sell or a service you're trying to promote, um, if you go to my website, you can see two examples of this. You go to my services page. Um, and this is not to advertise those services, but you know, if they apply, sweet, go for it. But I do want <laughs> you to see. Give us your money if you want to. I do want you to see what examples of those long form sales pages are. Um, and so if you go to find my website design, so com slash website design or business bootcamp, those are the two services that I've created long form sales content for. And they are very long. I think they're over 2000 words long. And they have calls to action, so buttons that will convert into either a new email address or um, scheduling a free consult or a um, website audit, things like that. But then ultimately, every single question they could possibly ask 
is answered before they have a chance to ask it. So that's what I mean by long form sales copy or any kind of copy that's driving a sale of a product to promote a specific service or product. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I just wasn't 100% sure on what you meant by that. And yeah. the, the blogging, I know, is a really important part of things. And I've been trying to take over that for the website, which has uh, been an experience for me as somebody that failed the writing test in fifth grade and seventh grade. And <laughs> <laughs> to go to remedial writing classes, I never really thought I'd be writing anything that was published anywhere. But it's been cool to kind of see the uh, the mindset behind it and just the, the research behind SEO and copywriting and all that. Uh, it can really help me out and make my words sound less dumb. And also, I have a great editor that makes my words sound less dumb. You married an editor, which helps. I did, yes. yes. So Amanda takes all the things I say and makes them sound really smart. But I think that's what's so important, is that we need to make sure that if you are wanting to... Just because you can write a paragraph doesn't mean you should be writing the content for your website. Um, there's a very specific formula that there's a lot of different formulas, but I think there are two or three that have proven to be effective in our generation targeting the millennial generation, which, you know, can read through a sales pitch like no other generation has before it. We're very skeptical. So we have to write to those skeptics and make sure that they don't feel like they're being sold to. Um, so for that reason, I would always argue to hire an experienced copywriter when you're trying to promote specific products. A virtual assistant would be a great start as long as they have room to grow and if you have the resources to invest in training them up to be a solid copywriter for your team. Awesome. Cool. Uh, you say the skeptic thing and I think that rings really true uh, with a, what I wanted to go into next. Uh, I was talking with a potential client last week who just asked, what is SEO? What do you guys actually do? All of that stuff. And he asked, do you just throw in key term over and over and over again, like 5,000 times and hide it behind a picture. And our response was, you know, absolutely not. That's not what Google recognizes as solid SEO anymore. You don't get good domain authority on that anymore at all. And that's a really old practice for something that's actually going to hurt your website. Yeah, that was pre-2013 when the hummingbird algorithm was introduced by Google. If you really want to hear how nerdy that is. That yes. sounds 2013 fascinating. 2013 is the year things changed. I, I'm going to, just to cut you off on that one, we'll save that for a future <laughs> episode years Don't from now. Don't run away. Not all about the hummingbird algorithm, Amanda. But, uh, but without just cramming keywords into your website, those long tail keywords that you found hopefully last week after you listened to last week's episode and you researched four or five of those using Google, using whatever you were using, uh, what are some easy ways you could include those long tail keywords in the copy on your website? So there are a lot of, this is what we call on-page SEO, and that is where people can visibly see on the page that there are keywords that are related to what they're searching for. So if you were to give me a long-term keyword, uh, long-tail long keyword. I, or a search uh, gosh, you put me on the spot. Swimsuit um, for Collins is what we're talking I'm about. I'm sick of that analogy. Okay, How well, I don't know. You put me on the spot. Backpack. <laughs> um, there's a backpack there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's just one word. I don't know. Uh, that we, works so well under you give pressure. One. You give a long tail keyword if you're <laughs> okay. so good at it. Okay. How about uh, dog training for rescue dogs? 
Yeah, I was really hoping you were going to fail that this morning. <laughs> I was Googling that this morning because we have no, a rescue okay. dog and he is not leash trained. And it looks like I'm being walked across the city and if one more person tells me who's walking who. So I started looking. <laughs> it's hilarious every time somebody says that. <laughs> so for that reason, I was searching that this morning. Um, what, what did I say it was? Dog, dog. Walk, dog training for rescue dogs. That's it. And so if I were um, to create a... If that was a common search term that you found on a few different resources like Google or Google Trends or Pinterest or even Answer the Public, which is another great way to find out what people are currently asking for online, um, what you would want to do is to include that in the title of the page. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the difference between the title tag and the H1 heading tag, but there. Everywhere that you can insert that keyword as far as the headings go, as far as the alt text behind the images go. So, um, I mean, there's there's a very specific strategy for on-page SEO, but when it comes into the context of copywriting, um, before 2013, it was very easy to just stuff that keyword phrase everywhere you possibly could. Now Google will penalize you for that because it sees it as... Um, a manipulation of the system and it's not actually proving that what you're providing is relevant to what the searchers are actually searching for. So today, um, the key, the three elements you want to be aware of, this algorithm focuses on something called what we call EAT, E-A-T. So they're looking for experts in the field, that's E. They're looking for authority. Do you have authority on this topic? And do other websites with authority link to you as a common resource? in that topic and then t which is trustworthiness and so but more than ever before your keyword strategy on your website has more and more to do with your copy and with the readability of your text than it ever has before so i would say that's that's where things have changed enormously maybe since the last time he had his website uh designed because that could have very easily been the case even 10 years ago yeah so pretty much just putting it in the title, putting it in the heading, putting it in places that Google is going to see as important. Yes, everything. And we could certainly go into that in more detail in future episodes with, um, with SEO. But as far as the content goes, you want to make sure that every single time you write every three to four, um, you maybe include it three to four times in each article. But that also includes the headings and it also includes... Um, natural written language so please don't force it where it does not belong awesome hey matt yeah amanda guess what what we just opened enrollment for business bootcamp which is now available through the end of september and i am so freaking excited you opened enrollment for business bootcamp <laughs> i did and let me tell you what it is what is it amanda <laughs> Well, Business Bootcamp is where the neurotic type A DIYers, like myself, get a chance to be equipped on how to launch, run, or start their business following solid copy practices, learning the basics of SEO, getting a beautiful homepage copy developed for their future or existing website. It is pretty much the starter package to your brand new business or new brand launch. Oh my gosh, it sounds like I can't afford to not sign up for this. Too far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But we're really excited. And we have already booked two clients who are ready to get started as early as August 1st. There is definitely some room for you. So if you are thinking about launching your own business or a side hustle or something like that, 
Get the three-year guess and check method and join Amanda Doherty Press as we walk you through your new branding strategy. Yeah, sign up on amandadohertypress.com. So I know this is a behemoth of an episode today. That we're going a little longer than usual, but uh, I wanted to ask one more important question. Okay. What do you think about AI-generated copy? Uh, do you think AI-generated copy is going to replace actual physical people as copywriters? My honest answer? Yeah. <laughs> you just spit all over me. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> We're glad I asked this I question. I need to clean this microphone now. I have so many opinions on AI, which I will honestly say are not altogether negative. Um, vast majority is negative. So when I say that readability is becoming more and more of um, an impact on your SEO and on your copywriting skills, um, AI is actually, what it's able to do now is absolutely phenomenal. So if you're curious what AI means, that's where your um, a certain algorithm is going to predict what phrases you're going to say next, or it can write the entire copy based on what people are searching for. There are some common forms of this, including uh, click funnels is one that I am being bombarded with on Facebook. Uh, as a copywriter, I'm not a fan, obviously, because I've seen what good copy sounds like and looks like, and I don't think there's ever going to be an algorithm that can really compete with that. Um, however, do I think that it's a very helpful tool for maybe if you are a, I mean, god-awful writer, and if you have no idea how to write sales copy, if you cannot afford to pay a virtual assistant or a copywriter... That might be a good way to start learning what copywriting looks like. I would I would use it as a tool to learn the skill or to train up somebody in your skill. So for example, if you go onto Gmail, I don't know if you've seen the suggested edits or the suggested next words as you're typing in an email and it comes up with like the next five words and you can click enter and include that. Have you seen that? Yeah. I'm sure most of you have seen this. I'm a huge fan of that because as somebody that consistently gets locked up in writer's block, um, that in many ways, I, I often don't take those suggestions, but sometimes it words it exactly the way I would, and it is amazing how smart it's becoming. But will it ever replace a copywriter who knows how to read people, who knows, um, who has the power of intuition? I feel like this is kind of like arguing the case for iRobot, right? It's like, are we eventually going to get to a space where an AI... Like, are there websites that you could go to today that are written by AI that you would never know were written by AI? Absolutely. But um, at the same time, do you think that some people are able to read through that and see, you know what, there's no heart behind this, there's no emotion behind it, there's no story behind it, right? And so if you're wanting to focus on the story and the heart and the service of your customers, you want to really focus in on your own original writing. Even if you are yourself are a terrible writer, but you want to hire something like a ghostwriter or a copywriter to write for you in the tone and in the style that you would prefer. I, I would always, I would say that they're, they're two separate things for two very specific industries um, or groups of industries. So I'm not stressing about it yet. Yet. <laughs> Maybe one day. But I think at this point, I'm always going to invest in people over algorithms to serve my clients more effectively okay so you my my first thought process to compare it to is not something as apocalyptic as irobot but the automatic trucks like automatic driving trucks versus truck drivers and in that field i can kind of see why it would be a, a good thing mm-hmm. is you know there's there's trucks that are using computers they're not getting sleepy they're not using substances to stay awake and they're not you know doing things that they shouldn't be doing as far as like logbooks and all that 
I could see the drawbacks as well, that you have a computer driving a thing that can kill millions of people. Not millions. That's a little well, <laughs> over-exaggeration. It's, it's an enormous uh, amount of trust that you're Tens of people. Yeah, you could kill a lot of people with this truck thing that's barreling down the road. But I but I could see the, the argument for and against it. With copy, I, I agree with you, especially after the way you put it, that it is more of an art form. And I wouldn't want to buy a piece of art made from a robot because that's not why you buy art that's not why art is mm. cool art is even cool. though that is becoming a popular thing is ai it? generated video ai generated graphics it is amazing what computers are able to do now but does that mean it should be the the go-to source i would argue not okay so you're saying it's a good starting point for people that failed the fifth grade and seventh grade writing test i think it would be a good way to structure and into add supplemental support for what you're trying to communicate to your your customers and no one has ever or if you have we're going to allow you the chance to repent of this <laughs> and reform but i would argue also that no one has ever downloaded or purchased an ai generated article and never touched it up or revised it or edited it i think that's incredibly important to do mm. um and so the uh, also there's an enormous amount of trust that goes into it because things change with seo almost on a daily basis. Today, Google just announced some new updates to its algorithm. And so um, it's important to know that if you are wanting to trust AI, that you are essentially trusting them with being up to date on all the SEO things from this point forward as well. And I think that's a very dangerous thing to do unless they have an enormous amount of backed up data saying that they are going to keep track of what's going on. Cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys joining us for episode three of the Amanda Doherty Press podcast. Join us again next week as we talk about finding your target audience, how you can use copy, how you can use SEO, and how you can use branding in order to do that. This has been Matt and Amanda Doherty with Amanda Doherty Press. Enjoy your week. Bye.